Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. What are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we take the second half of the show to take your live comments and questions that you guys send in using the tip link. By the way, if you want to do that for an upcoming show, simply go down to the description of the video. You'll see a tip link. You can click on it there, or you can just enter it in manually at www.streamlemons.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on a show if it's appropriate for the show. And of course, you're supporting the channel at the same time. But listen... We normally don't have enough time to get through all the live comments that get sent in. So I want to make sure you guys don't have to wait too awful long to get them answered. So we gather up those unused questions and we address them here on companion videos. And that's what we're doing right now. And it is Monday and a uh, great start to the week. I got to tell you, I've had a fabulous day. I had some really good communications today, a couple of good virtual meetings, had a wonderful time doing the show today. So glad many of you guys joined. And so I was getting ready to record a little bit of a companion video tonight. And I decided 15 minutes ago, Hey, why don't we just do it live and see if anybody's awake and just wants to jump in live. And there's already a bunch of you guys in here to talk about this stuff. So it's good to have you guys here as we do a little bit of companion video stuff here. So uh, hello to Assam, uh, Crazy Blade, Harris, Captain Erie, uh, Dominic Gray, Dagman, and all of the rest of you guys that are in here right now. Listen, let's not waste any time and get right into it. Let's start getting caught up on some of these questions, shall we? And we're going to start getting caught up with Dan V., who writes the lead of martyr. Now, uh, Dan V wrote, wrote in earlier on today's show about martyr, which was going to be the follow-up to Chronicle. It was going to be the Chronicle sequel that Max Landis wrote, but Fox didn't want it. Anyway, and it was going to be called martyr. The lead of martyr was a woman named Miranda with Matt from the first movie showing up later. Matt helps the government since he went public where he saves people and tries to figure out where the powers came from. The, the script was very easy to find with going to Google. Yeah, I've had people uh, offer me the script before so I could read it. I, I, I'm to be honest with you. I'm not really all that interested in it. I was very, very interested in a Chronicle sequel. I've been wanting a Chronicle sequel for years, but then Max Landis, we told the story of a few days ago, Max Landis said that they wanted him to write a script that was basically starting from scratch, like a whole new set of kids stumbles, stumbles across this alien thing and they discover they have powers. Now it's like, so they just want to repeat the first movie, and we said, F that. Now, that was like four or five years ago that Max Landis told that story. And then the producer of Chronicle came out the other day and said, yep, they're developing a new Chronicle, and it's exactly what Max Landis said Fox they wanted. So I have zero interest in it. Absolutely zero interest in it. Anyway, um, Crashing Coyotes asked me if I've seen the Doom Patrol trailer. I did not know a new Doom Patrol trailer dropped. I have not seen that. I'll have to catch it a little bit later. Um, and by the way, spy, uh, Spying Mentir087 uh, writes in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This one comes to us from Grizzlies, who writes, DirecTV, I heard about this. DirecTV will not renew NFL Sunday ticket set to expire after 2022 season. The streaming wars now turn to sports. We've known this was coming. We've absolutely known this was coming. Is now turning to sports. Apple TV, Amazon, ESPN+, Plus, Peacock, Paramount+, Plus are expected to make bids for the NFL Sunday ticket rights. Who would you prefer have the rights? All right. So I think, honestly, and this is going to sound a little bit 
I would like it to either be ESPN Plus or Peacock. Now, Peacock, because they're owned by NBC, NBC has a long history of knowing how to properly handle sports and broadcasting sports. So that would be one on there for me. But honestly, Peacock has been struggling with their live events doing, um, uh, doing uh, what you might call it, uh, WWE live pay-per-view events. Like apparently they've done a couple of live WWE pay-per-view events and their live streaming of it has been very problematic. At least that's what I've been hearing from people. So that could be a problem. ESPN, on the other hand, does, I mean, doing live sports is just what they do. ESPN knows how to do live sports. And so I would say, listen, I'm not saying ESPN is going to get it, but I think out of all those getting the NFL Sunday ticket. I think I would prefer it to be ESPN, but it could be anybody. I mean, Apple's got all the money in the world and so does Amazon. So they're going to make big bids. So it's honestly, it will probably end up either being Amazon or Apple TV plus because they can just each buy and sell ESPN three times over. So yeah, I think uh, probably it's going to be one of those, but I would like it to be ESPN. That's, that would be my uh, preference. All right. Uh, Austin just sent in a tip for $5 just to be supportive. Thank you, Austin. By the way, Efron Dagman sends in a super chat badge in the live chat as well. Thank you so much, Efron. appreciate that, man. All right. Next up, good uh, Canadian Bob writes. Good Canadian kid here. Good to have you here. Uh, Tangent, animation studio behind NextGen, I don't know what NextGen is to be honest with you, was forced to close recently due to two features being pulled. That sucks. Uh, Do you think this has anything to do with Netflix Studios opening in Toronto? Will they have to pay for show cancellations? Again, I got to admit, guys, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know what next gen is. So I, I have no idea what that is. Now I did hear Netflix was opening a new studio in Toronto. Does a network have to pay a fee for canceling a show prior to that show starting? Probably yes. Now you work into contracts that there are certain deadline dates, right? Like if we get this close to the project and you haven't canceled it yet, you at minimum owe us X amount of dollars. And then if we get this close to the project launching and you still haven't canceled it, we're already doing work on our end. So you minimum will have to pay us X amount. Now, what they won't have to do is pay a full amount because they didn't get the work done. So they wouldn't have to pay the full amount, but most contracts will build in those deadline dates those checkpoints that certain amounts of money will be owed if at the last second you cancel a project. So there's, it's not a major significant amount of money for these guys, but it is probably something and it was something like that was probably in the contract. All right, next up we got Grizzlies rights. Delta is forcing folks not to go to movies is false. Well, no, it's absolutely true. It's a hundred percent true. And I'll tell you why it's true. Grizzlies, because I have heard from many people who have written into me to say, I was going to go see Suicide Squad, but I don't feel like, I don't want to take my family out to to those types of environments right now with the Delta thing spiking. I mean, we're, we're seeing the highest case numbers right now since the major outbreak, right? So I can tell you for a fact, you're incorrect about that. Now, how many people are voting going to movies because of the uh, the spike? is that's to be determined, but there are definitely people avoiding the movie theaters simply because of the pandemic. 
because I have heard from them. They have written into this show. They have told me themselves. So there's absolute proof of that. Anyway, uh, Delta is forcing people not to go to the movies is false. That is incorrect um, and will be proven the next four months where the NFL is allowing 100% full capacity close to normal operations for fans. Movie theaters are the same way. Black Widow would have opened to over $150 million if no Disney Plus. Well, no, I don't think I don't think that's true at all. That's absolutely not true at all. That, that is 100% not true because people still had the option of getting it on Disney Plus and they made, what was it, $60 million dollars. And then they, you probably could have added a little bit more on top of that. So no, it, it wasn't going to make $150 million without that. Listen, the fact of the matter is, and by the way, Leo Liang sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you for that, Leo. Uh, the fact of the matter is there are absolutely moviegoers who do not feel comfortable going to the movies right now. It's just fact. I mean, look at Fast and the Furious 9. I mean, yeah, it's closing in on $700 million, but, I mean, it's made a billion dollars, right? That's a significant drop. And it's absolutely, partially due in part to the, the pandemic and the Delta variant. And again, ju- again, just to reemphasize, you saying that it's not true is completely incorrect because I have heard from people saying that's exactly why they're not going. So it is what it is. All right, uh, next up. Again, it's not the only reason. Absolutely not. It's not the only reason, but it is a contributing factor. Uh, And by the way, Harvey Kung sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Harvey. Appreciate that, man. All right. Next up, Uh, Mr. TDK writes, all names are letters. This is this is what they said in the Suicide Squad. All names are letters, dickhead. What do you think? That was a great line, by the way, from Captain Boomerang. All names are letters. It's just letters. All names are letters. I like that line a lot. That was pretty great. All right. Uh, next up, Boris writes, Hey, John, I freaking love Suicide Squad. So did I. Uh, all my friends didn't love it So for ignorant reasons, but whatever. Nobody's reasons are ignorant. If they didn't like it, they didn't like it. Uh, one question me and a friend had, though, was, did you notice a theme of birds throughout the movie? We kept looking at each other thinking, hmm. You know, I thought about that, and some other people have brought that up. There's, of course, the bird at the very beginning with uh, Savant, and then that bird a little bit into the beginning also with Savant. I'm not going to give away what happens for those of you who haven't seen it yet. And then there's the birds at the Presidente's office, and then again the birds at the Presidente's office. So there's not really a lot of birds, but there are some. It is interesting. I'll have to, I said, if I ever get a chance to talk to James Gunn again, I'll have to ask him if the birds themselves were some kind of metaphor that uh, I'm just kind of missing. But there did seem to be a bunch of them, so who knows? All right, next up. Uh, the Uzi408 writes, Thoughts on getting the creator of the show awake or the writers and have them for an interview and ask him how the story would have ended. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, um... There, there's a TV show called Awake that only lasted once. Year. I've talked about it a few times on the show, right? Basic gist of it is this. A cop, his wife, and his son get into a car accident. Um, the son dies, but his wife lives. When he wakes up the next morning, he's in a reality where his wife died, but his son lived. And every time he goes to sleep and wakes up, he wakes up in the alternate world. So one day he's in the world where his wife survived. The next day he's in a world where his son survived. And he doesn't know why. And the show got canceled after one season when they were just about to reveal what was going on. And I love that show. 
So the Uzi 408, really interesting idea. Thoughts on getting the creator of that show and the writers of that show on here to talk about where was this going to go? That is a tremendous idea, Uzi, but there is only one problem with with that idea. And it's the only, because I would love to know what, where this show is going to go. The only problem with your idea is that I am a fucking nobody. So I can't just get on the phone and say, hello, creator of Awake. It is I, John Campia. Behold, the heavens have opened and the gods have blessed you. I am extending to you the great honor of being a guest on my show. Yea, verily, call your mother and let her know your dreams have been fulfilled. You get to be on the John Campia show. Rejoice and let there be joy amongst all the people. Yeah, no, I, I'm a nobody, so I don't. I really couldn't get them on my show. I mean, it would be great to think I could. But I really probably couldn't get them on my show. But it's just a great idea, nonetheless. Um, by the way, Peter tips in a Super Chat badge for $50 in the live chat. Peter, thank you so much, man, for supporting our channel on that level. That is extremely kind and generous of you, man. Thank you for supporting us like that. And to all of you who do, but that's particularly uh, generous, dude. Thanks a lot, man. Very, very cool. Um, wish I could say more, but that's about it. Thank you, dude. All right. Uh, and, and again, and Uzi, thank you for this. It's a great idea. Uh, unfortunately, I don't carry the name power to to be able to get writers and creators of network television shows just to drop on in. But I would love to know the answer to that. I really, really would. All right, next up. Uh, McDavid deserves better rights. Um, one of one. Uh, by the way, uh, DC and Marvel Comics fans is asking, why don't we have super chats here? The reason we don't have super chats here is because this is a companion video. We are getting caught up on questions that have already been sent in for the John Campia show, and we're getting caught up on those. So any super chats that we even did let come in on these live streams, I mean, I can look and talk to, you know, I'm watching your guys' conversation in the live chat right now, but anything you did send in, we wouldn't be able to answer the question anyway because we're here to get caught up on the other things. And so we make it very clear, super chats are for our spoiler discussions, our play-in chats, and special videos. The tip link in the description below is used for the John Campia show and its subsequent companion videos. So that's how we keep them separate. Otherwise, I would never know what question was sent in for the John Campia show and what question was sent in for something else. So Super Chats are for the open spoiler discussions. And the tip link is for the John Campia show and companion videos. So a little bit of insight there. I explained that at the beginning of every... Uh, uh, I sent. I said that... I say that at the beginning of every single um, spoiler discussion, but sometimes I, I need to repeat that. All right, let's keep on going here. Uh, McDavid deserves better rights. Uh, one of one. You probably mean one of two. Bad news. Last week, Warner Brothers and the cast of Suicide Squad made a promo plugging the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion that they were going to build in Edmonton. Uh, the proposed downtown park is meant to honor Edmonton's greatest actor, all due respect to Michael J. Fox and Leslie Nielsen. Um, instead of converting the vacant space into a Fillion shrine, they renamed City Hall for 24 hours. The project is now an election issue with names like James Gunn, Margot Robbie, and Idris Elba getting behind this. Edmonton needs to see this, this opportunity. I'm going to tell you what, McDavid. No, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. Um, now, listen, I love Nathan Fillion. I totally do. But that being said, um, a lot of people don't even know Nathan Fillion's Canadian. And Nathan Fillion didn't spend a huge amount 
of his life in Edmonton. And he doesn't like, you take me, for example, I'm constantly talking about the hammer, my hometown, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, greatest city in the world. Well, it's not like he goes around and talks about Edmonton a lot. I really don't see, let's face it. If they built the Nathan Fillion civilian pavilion, it wouldn't be for the city of Edmonton and it wouldn't be for Nathan Fillion. It would be for those fans of Nathan Fillion thinking it's a really cool thing. But honestly, listen, if enough people want it, great. But I, I honestly don't think it it really overall is actually a good idea. And I, I say that as a huge Nathan Fillion fan. I love Nathan Fillion. But yeah, I... I, I don't think they should name it the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion. It's it's a lark, it's a joke, but I, I think it would make Edmonton look a little bit silly if they did it. But I, that, I mean, that's just that's just my thing. That's just my thing at all. But uh, and again, I say that as a big Nathan Fillion fan. All right, next up, uh, Capri Grant writes one of three. You know, I really miss the time when trailers debuted in theaters before appearing online. I mean, I'm only 24, so maybe they mostly did in my generation. I never noticed until I got older, but I love that. 85% of the time, I found out about new movies coming out from trailers I see first in theaters. That's how I found out about Knives Out. Personally, I don't care that theaters play a billion trailers before movies. To me, that makes the experience. It's mostly new content at first. Uh, But even after, I love sitting there and watching how studios and theaters market other movies by watching which ones play in front of which movie. The longer I'm in the theater, the better. Also, I hate when a movie ends, leaving you wanting more. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Capri. And by the way, S-Beam sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, S-Beam. I will... Look, that's great that you love trailers. I love trailers, too. I love trailers. I really, I made an entire documentary about trailers. Um, that being said, you can't, there are, I know some people that just stop going to the movies because they play a half hour of trailers before a movie starts. And I, I know for me, it's a giant pain in the ass. I mean, thank God. North American movie theaters finally caught up with the rest of the world and made pre-assigned seating so you know where your seat is. So you can come late if you want to. But, man, I'm telling you what, when a movie says, movie starts at 7, and you're sitting there, and it's 7.32, and the movie, you're looking at your watch, and the movie still hasn't started yet, that's a major turnoff for a lot of people. Now, I like trailers, but, like, 25 minutes, 30 minutes of trailers, they're literally making you sit down and watch commercials. Now, here's here's my thing. They are making you watch commercials. Now, in a lot of websites, uh, let's take Hulu, for example, right? There is um, There are some services you get to watch for free, some websites you get to visit for free because they put ads in them. And you understand, okay, it's cool, I'm watching ads because I'm getting to watch this for free, essentially. But if I pay extra... If I pay that extra fee for Hulu, I'm paying to have no ads. You're paying $16, depending on where you live. $16 to go to a movie theater. You paid to be there. And they still subject you to 25 or 30 minutes of commercials when you paid to be there and in that seat? That's not reasonable. That's not reasonable. 
I love movie trailers. And there should be some movie trailers before a movie. But once you get like 25 minutes, a half hour or so, I've had people write in saying, John, I just went to see a nine o'clock movie. Damn movie didn't still start till 935. That's unacceptable. Especially in an environment and in a world where the movie theaters need to be looking at ways to make the movie coming experience more enjoyable for the average fan. And packing in a half hour of commercials before the movie starts, you told us the movie started at 7, I'm sitting here at 7.22 and the movie still hasn't started, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And I say that as somebody who loves movie trailers. I love movie trailers. You should only show show, show so many. You should only show so many. That's just kind of my take on it, though. But I'm glad you have a passion for movie trailers, man. I do, too. May I recommend, plug, 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 may I recommend you take a moment and go and check out my movie, Movie Trailers, A Love Story, available now, worldwide, wherever you live. Just go to www.vimeo.com slash on demand slash movie trailers. Whatever country you live in, you can watch it there. But if you happen to live in the U.S. or the U.K., you can also just go to Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for movie trailers, a love story. If you live in the U.S. or the U.K., and you should be able to find it on Amazon as well. Plug, plug, plug. Shameless plugs. Shameless plug. But there it is. There's uh, That's my movie, everybody. Go watch it. Go watch it 10 times. Hell, go watch it 20 times. Buy it and then buy it for 30 friends. That would be wonderful. Love you. Anyway. Okay. Thanks for writing that in Capri. I appreciate your thoughts, man. Okay. Next up, uh, we go to Scott Brown who writes, uh, just saw the, the suicide squad. I just saw the suicide squad. What a fantastically hilarious, gory, beautiful movie. The characters were fantastic. Had so much heart to me. The second best DCU movie behind man of steel me as well. Uh, DC should let James Gunn do whatever he wants and give him a blank check. I agree. I agree, but then also not stab them in the back by putting it on TV for free the exact same day that you're putting it in theaters. That's key because this movie, now there are many reasons and we talked about all the reasons on the John Campy show earlier today. We went, I think we listed nine reasons today about why Suicide Squad massively flopped this weekend. It's a magnificent movie. The critic ratings are huge. The audience ratings are huge. It's a fantastic movie. I hate to think how little money it would have made if it was a bad film, but it's a great film. Made $26.5 million at the box office. We went through like a whole bunch of reasons why that was. And, and, you know, we said last week before the movie opened, this is going to be challenging at the box office because of all these reasons. And sure enough, that's what happened. But yeah, it certainly didn't help that they put it out day and date on TV for free. I, I mean, if you're an HBO member, Certainly didn't help. They'd not help at all. So they can't just let him do whatever he wants to do. They also got to do it without stabbing him in the back and undermining the potential success of the movie. That's that's going to be important, too. That's going to be a key thing as well. All right. Next up. Uh, tell him Steve Dave writes, John, wondering what you think of two shows I don't hear you mention much. Black Mirror. I don't watch it. Uh, and Rick and Morty. Also, have you been to uh, Centicos Theaters? Never heard of them. Uh, they have some here in Texas, and I like that they're themed, i.e. a Palladium in San Antonio looks like a Roman palace. That's pretty cool. Uh, no, we don't. I don't think we have those in 
in California or anywhere in the LA area. I have myself have not heard of this particular theater chain, so I have no experience with it. Uh, Black Mirror, I don't watch. I've only ever seen one episode, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of the actress, the girl from the latest uh, Terminator movie. I keep forgetting her name. And uh, Terminator, she was just in the new Terminator movie, and I cannot remember her name. A beautiful girl, blonde hair. If any of you guys in the live chat uh, remember her name, throw it in there. That'd be great. Uh, Mackenzie Davis. Thank you, Robert Voss. Robert Voss put it in first. Mackenzie Davis. So there was an episode of Black Mirror with Mackenzie Davis where they like, she meets this other woman in this virtual world, in a virtual world. It's really, it was fantastic. But I've never watched any other Black Mirror episodes. Even though the one I saw, I really loved. But I, I never saw it. Uh, but I never saw the rest of them. I just, I've only ever seen the one. Rick and Morty, this is one of the things that makes me very unpopular with a lot of people. I watched, like everybody was raving about Rick and Morty. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, I'm going to try watching it. And I watched the first few episodes and I thought, okay, maybe I need to really push through and watch more. So I watched the entire first season of blah. I I didn't find it particularly great. And that's okay. Not everything is for everybody. You know, there's a lot of people who love Suicide Squad, and there's some people who watch Suicide Squad and didn't like it. There are people who love Star Wars. There are some people who watch Star Wars, and it doesn't do it for them. That's the subjectivity of, of the art, man. So, I mean, most of my friends love Rick and Morty, uh, I, I watched the entire first season and I'm like, no one can ever say I didn't give it a shot because <laughs> I gave it a shot and it was just night, uh, uh, just not for me. And I, I love, you know, me, I love the edgy humor. I love the vulgar humor. I'm into all that kind of stuff, but for whatever reason, um, it just was not funny to me. You know, and I'm somebody who really digs the humor style of South Park and Family Guy and all this kind of crap. And it, Rick and Morty looked like it would be one of those things that would really appeal to me. If you like South Park and like Family Guy, this is going to something that really appeals to you. And I had friends of mine who told me they loved it. And again, I just gave it the whole season. I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to say I never laughed. There were a few episodes where I had a couple of chuckles, but honestly, I found it like it was a labor to get through it. Uh, but again, I fully acknowledge most of my friends love it. Many of you guys love it. And that's awesome. Not everything is for everybody. And this was one that just wasn't for me. Uh, it, it just wasn't for me and that's okay. That's okay. Not everything is for everybody, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'd like to pretend that I'm cool. And if I, if I wanted to look cool to everybody and say the popular thing, I could sit here and say, yeah, I love Rick and Morty. Cause I know that's the popular thing to say, but I'm always going to give you my honest answers, even when my honest answers make me look like I'm completely not cool. And that's the case. So there you go. I, I'm not actually a big fan of Rick and Morty. All right. Next up, uh, we go to James Argento, who writes, if you build it, they will come. On Thursday, August 12th, Major League Be- Baseball will hold a field. I've heard about this. This is a really cool idea. Major League Baseball will hold the Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and the Yankees. 
For the game, Major League Baseball built a temporary 8,000-seat field near the property used in Field of Dreams. First pitch is at 7.15 Eastern Standard Time. I'll tell you what, I don't watch baseball until it's the playoffs. I, I'll watch the playoffs of just about anything. I, I, I'm not a baseball fan, but I watch baseball during the playoffs. I do not watch during the regular year. I am going to watch that game. That, that's a lot like, see, the NHL a few years ago started this great thing called the, uh, the Winter Classic where they actually played hockey the way I grew up playing hockey on an outdoor frozen skating rink uh, outside in the winter. And NHL started to do that, and I watch those games every year. I watch the, the Winter Classics every year. I think it's fantastic. This reminds me a lot of that. It's a fabulous idea. It's got a great classic movie tie-in. I think it's a fabulous idea, and I will absolutely watch that game. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for sharing that, James. Uh, next up, Louis Terrazas writes, one of two. Hey, y'all. Okay, so movie biz time. Yes, the weekend numbers for the Suicide Squad are soft, but listen, man, this is definitely COVID. I can speak from seeing healthcare data about the variant, and I myself saw the movie. It's an 11 out of 10. It's fantastic. But with the current caseload intensity, I stopped myself from going to IMAX and instead chose HBO Max at home. I plan to definitely go at some point back to the theaters, but plenty of people made this same choice. The movie is pure Artur genius. COVID seems never ending. Yeah, I, I, it's funny you mentioned that, Louis, because we were just talking about that. We were just talking about that. Um, it is, it is a truism. Now, listen, I'm fully vaccinated. There have been brand new numbers that have come out that yes, it is still possible if you are vaccinated to to get the virus. It's still possible, but highly unlikely. And even if you do get it, you have like a, a better than 90% chance of it not being bad enough that you'd have to, you'd even notice it. I mean, so I'm fully vaccinated. And by the way, John uh, Farag sends in a super chat badge in the live chat with a really cool badge I haven't seen before. Thanks for sending that in, John. I appreciate that, man. Um, so I, I feel personally, I feel comfortable going out in public going to restaurants, going to things because I've been vaccinated. I feel like I'm, I'm not threatening myself, nor am I a threat to anybody else around me because I've been vaccinated. That's not 100%, but I feel comfortable. But I totally get why a lot of people don't, and I respect that. And there, you're not alone in that, in that, Louis. I mean, there are. I have heard from many like yourself saying they wanted to go see Suicide Squad in theaters, but, you know, they're not really feeling like now's a good time to do it with the new spikes in the pandemic. Uh, and folks, the data is irrefutable now. There, there's you're now you're just being stubborn. The data is irrefutable. Go get vaccinated. Please just go get vaccinated. The data is irrefutable. Uh, President Trump himself got was one of the first people to get vaccinated. Donald Trump said vaccinations are going to save the world. So don't make it a political thing. Just listen to the doctors and the medical professionals and, and, and go get vaccinated. Anyway, that aside. I totally feel you, Louie. I, I get why you don't feel comfortable doing it. And there are many others like you. So it's definitely a thing. Now, it's not just COVID. 
COVID is not the only thing that led to the soft numbers on Suicide Squad. We went through a big list on the John Campy Show today. There were many other factors as well. Many other factors. But that is definitely one of them. That is absolutely one of them. All right, thanks for sharing your experience, Louis. I really appreciate that. All right, next up, we've got Colby Harris who writes, uh, Dear John and Rob, Rob's not here right now, obviously. Sideshow just released an Anakin and Obi-Wan figure from the Clone Wars. I just pre-ordered Anakin and debating on getting the Obi-Wan too. Did either of you see it and what did you think? I have not seen it. If this is a new one, I have not seen it myself. Uh, I'm absolutely 100% sure, Colby, that Rob has seen them. Because nobody, I don't know of anybody on this planet that's got more hot toys than Robert does. So I'm a thousand percent sure. I'm a thousand percent sure uh, that that uh, he's seen them, but I have not. Uh, I I most definitely won't be getting them myself, but I wouldn't be surprised at all, Kobe, if Rob did. Oh, it's the hot toys are so gloriously beautiful. They're so beautiful. They're just they're so damn expensive. <laughs> As some of the best things are, but they're just so damn expensive. By the way, I showed this on a video the other day. I meant to show it today. So you guys know I went this weekend. Ann and I went to Palm Springs this weekend because our favorite comedian, Joe Coy, uh, was doing a show in Palm Springs. So we went, and look what I got, Joseph. Look what I got. I got a uh, Joe Coy. Come on, focus. There we go. I got a Joe Coy pop autographed uh, for that. Again, super pumped about that. I've, I've got a lot of pops because these things, they're not nearly as nice as Hot Toys, but they're also one thirtieth the price of Hot Toys. So I've got a whole bunch of those. So I like having that one. All right. Uh, next up, we go to Jeffrey uh, Jacques so uh, Sobral, who writes, Keep up the great work, John. Been watching since the Collider days, but first time writing in. Well, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for being around for that long, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you've helped inspire me to restart my tiny Dutch YouTube channel, uh, nerd culture. I like the spelling of that. And I've uploaded every day since January. That's awesome, man. Uh, would you be interested in a rat catcher spinoff? Ooh, would I be interested in a rat catcher spinoff? That's, that's interesting because, you know, a conversation kind of broke out earlier today about, okay, when we look at the suicide squad, who could we see them doing a spinoff of? Because there's a lot of characters in the Suicide Squad, right? And I'm not going to say anything too much because, you know, I don't want to spoil it for any of you guys who haven't had a chance to see it yet. But there's a lot of characters in the Suicide Squad. Who would I like to see a spinoff of? I, and that's a very good question. Now, we already know one of them that's coming. We already know we're getting a Peacemaker series, right? So, um, the Peacemaker thing coming, great. And I am much more interested now in a Peacemaker show now that I've seen Suicide Squad. I wasn't super excited about the idea prior to watching Suicide Squad, but now that I've seen it, I can say I'm on board with watching a Peacemaker show. So, what about other characters? There are two that come up a lot in Weasel and King Shark. The problem, and I love Weasel and I love King Shark. I do. The problem with Weasel and King Shark is this. You can't really base a show around characters that actually can't communicate. Right? Because even for those of you who haven't seen the show, I mean, 
uh, me no friends is the average length of a King Shark sentence. His longest sentence in the movie is book read so smart me enjoy book so much. That's the longest sentence he says in the entire movie, right? He barely speaks. I don't think you can base a show. Now, you can have a show with King Shark in it as a supporting character and be awesome, but I don't know that you can do a King Shark show. I I don't know that you can do that. And, And the same with Weasel. I mean, the character doesn't speak. There are a lot of people wondering if you could do a Judge Dredd movie because you never see his eyes. Well, at least Judge Dredd speaks, right? So that would be difficult. So then there's, well, what about, you know, um, Bloodsport? No, not the Jean-Claude Van Damme martial arts classic, but, you know, the Idris Elba uh, character. You could, yeah, that that one could work. Um, Harley Quinn already has the Harley Quinn animated show, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Ratcatcher could be interesting. She she's a very interesting character and only made even more interesting by the whole stuff with her dad. So the question would be, could you get it could you get Taika Waititi to come in and do more flashbacks as her dad? Because that would be kind of pivotal to me if you were going to do a limited series about Ratcatcher. Polka Dot Man? Yeah. Again, I don't know that Polka Dot Man is a lead character. See, I think you could make, I think Ratcatcher could be a leading character. Uh, Bloodsport clearly is a, can be a leading character. Peacemaker can be a leading character. Harley can be a leading character. King Shark can't, Weasel can't. I'm not sure that Polka Dot Man could be a leading character either. I'm not sure about that either, to be honest. Now, then there's Rick Flagg. Rick Flagg is interesting. You could almost do like an anthology series on Rick Flagg looking back at his various, you know, military career and various missions he'd been. Like every, you could do a limited, you know, five, six episode series and every episode could be like a different military mission or campaign that he had to do at different points in his career, maybe even leading up to being involved with um, uh, Task Force X. So that could be interesting as well. Uh, Then you look at some of the other ones. Javelin could be fascinating. Savant, I'd be very curious about Savant. I would love to know more about Savant, the Michael Roker, uh, Rocker character. I would love to mo- know more about that. So, yeah, Ratcatcher would be up there, to be honest with you. But, again, I- I'll say this again. I was not all that sold on the idea of a Peacemaker standalone show prior to seeing the movie. But now that I've seen the movie, I'm all on board with seeing a Peacemaker show. Now I'm all I'm all on board that. So I, I'd totally be down for that. So I think my top two, other than Peacemaker, would probably be Ratcatcher and Savant. Those would be the two I would probably pick. I'd be curious to know from you guys, who would be your picks? Who would you want to see running in and, you know, from Suicide Squad and getting their own spinoff series, whether it's a sequel or a prequel or whatever? I would love to know your thoughts. Jump into the uh, comment section and let us know. And by the way, Crashing Coyote in the live chat is reminding everybody that Robert Patrick is going to be playing uh, Peacemaker's father, which I think is fantastic. I think that's great casting. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that. All right. Let's move on here. Next up. We have, I've lost my spot. I have definitely lost my spot. There we go. Uh, Next up, we have, uh, that was Jeffrey. 
Next up, we have Big Will, who writes, Woo! In my Ric Flair voice. Hey, John, so I just came back from my very first vaccination, or vacation. I thought you were going to say vaccination. Your very first vacation. It was to Las Vegas. Very cool. And I had a blast. I got to try my first In-N-Out burger. I hate In-N-Out burger. I know, I know, I know. That makes me very unpopular amongst my friends in Los Angeles. I think In-N-Out Burger sucks. Anyway, uh, see uh, Chris Angel live and et cetera. My question is, what is your favorite film base in L- in Las Vegas? I'm going to guess you mean film based in Las Vegas, not film based. Like there's no base of films, a film based in Las Vegas. There's a couple of very, very different ones. Um I mean, you got to say um, The Hangover. The Hangover is like the original Hangover. The the reputation of Hangover got diminished a little bit because Hangovers 2 and 3 weren't all that good. But that first Hangover movie is ridiculously hilarious. And it looked like a complete, um, a complete throwaway a complete little throwaway movie that a very forgettable, easily, you know, forgettable throwaway little movie. And I saw it. It was one of the biggest pleasant surprises I ever had from a comedy. I just laughed myself sick from start to finish. Uh, so that one's got to be up there. Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is one is another one um, that's that's uh, that could be up there. Also, by the way, a little film that not a lot of people talk about and it didn't have huge success, but it was called last Vegas and it had Michael Douglas. Um, it had Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman. Um, it was just a terrific cast. And it, have you guys ever seen the picture of me leaving Robert De Niro hanging? We've, we've shown that before. Robert De Niro's reaching out his hand to me and I've got my back turned to him. I totally ac- accidentally, completely accidentally left Robert De Niro hanging. It's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my career. Uh, but anyway, it was for that movie, Last Vegas. Last Vegas is wonderful. Like they say in some movies, there are some movies where the city or the environment kind of almost becomes a character of it. Vegas really is a character in Last Vegas. Now, as a guy who goes to Las Vegas like six times a year, uh, and I'm going again in a couple of weeks to go uh, to CinemaCon, very excited about that. Going to watch Shang-Chi when I'm there. They're screening Shang-Chi at CinemaCon. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, I. so those are those are a few that come to mind. There are others. There are many others, but but those are ones that come to mind off the top of my head. Anyway, thanks for writing that in, man. All right. Next up, we go to Ben Rayner who writes, Hey, John. Happy Saturday. I guess you wrote this on Saturday. I watched Slither for the first time today. It was great. Three different horror types in one movie, Alien, Possession, and Body Horror. I really dug it. It was 100% pure gun. Great cast. Four out of five. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for all. Have a good one. Bring on the filthy. Yeah, for those of you who do not know, Slither is, to me, James Gunn's best movie. So let me see if I can bring this up. Hold on a second. Uh... See if I can bring up an image of it for you. But Slither is my number one all-time favorite James Gunn movie. And it stars some James Gunn favorites. It's got Nathan Fillion in it. It's got Michael Rocker in it, uh, who's fantastic in it. It's got Elizabeth Banks, one of my favorites in it. 
It is utterly fantastic. Now, you might have reckoned, here's the poster for Slither. For those of you who aren't real super familiar with it, see if I can uh, bring it up here. Yeah, that's the main poster, uh, which is kind of creepy enough on its own. That's, that's pretty creepy on its own. But let me see if I can find another one that kind of better represents uh, the movie. Hold on a second. Uh, Nathan, let me see if I can bring this up. Yeah, so here's here's a good example of it. Let me see if I can get a bigger image of it here. Yeah, I mean, this there's a little bit of a younger look at Nathan Fillion in there too. But this movie is so freaking fantastic. Oh, and by the way, um, what's her name? Who played Pam? Guys in the live chat. I, I'm, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name right now. The girl who played Pam in The Office, who was, who was married to James Gunn at the time. So she's in this movie too. Jenna Fisher, thank you, uh, John KTPQ and 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 Robert and K Nico and Gopher Audio and Bobby are putting yeah Jenna Fisher Jenna Fisher's in this too, and I think I think this was before The Office. I think Slither came out before The Office. I might be wrong about that, but I think it did. But anyway, so you got Jenna Fisher, Elizabeth Banks, Nathan Fillion, Michael Rocker, um, and it's awesome. It's legitimately scary, but it's also hilarious. At the same time, like it's perfect James Gunn. It's perfect James Gunn. I absolutely loved it. So anyway, yes. Uh, if you get a chance to see Slither, you absolutely should. Uh, like I said, I think it is definitely James Gunn's best film. And, and I love Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad's magnificent. But I still think Slither's the best one. And I know a lot of you guys haven't seen Slither yet. So do yourself a favor. If you like Suicide Squad and you like James Gunn's sensibility, treat yourself to Slither. Still still my favorite one of his films. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Extant Crab writes, just watch Blood Diamond. That's a great one. That's Jaimon Hansu, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Fabulous movie. There were some Academy Award nominations for that movie too. Anyway, I just watched Blood Diamond last night and had me thinking, how big an impact uh, on a performance does bad accents have? Leo's accent in Blood Diamond didn't sound great, but it took nothing away from how good he was. Is nailing an accent that important? Um, I don't. I don't remember Leo's accent being bad in the movie to be honest look honestly 100% nailing an accent nailing an accent to me is not all that important in the movie to be very honest with you it's not as long as it's not so bad that it completely distracts you from the movie two examples of this and these are both movies I really like but the two examples of accents that are so bad it actually becomes distracting one of them is a movie I love, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Love that movie. Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman. Uh, are you kidding me? That movie's amazing. But when Kevin Costner was trying to do something of an English accent, it really did not sound right at all. And then to make matters worse, he kept floating in and out. The accent kept coming in and out. Like one scene, he was kind of trying to muddle his way through an English accent. And then in the next scene, didn't even bother trying. Straight up American accent. Just straight up American accent, right? Mm. So while the movie is amazing, uh, 
Why a spoon, cousin? Because it hurts more. Oh, God, that's so good. The sheriff in that movie is so good. Um, yeah, I, there's that. The other one was a movie that I really like and an actor that I love. A movie that I really like and an actor that I love. But, oh, my God, the accent work this particular actor did in this movie was horrifying. And it's the great Keanu Reeves in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Have you guys seen Bram Stoker's Dracula with Keanu Reeves? Please, sir. It's so bad. It's so bad. It was really so terribly, terribly bad. And again, I say this as a big fan of Keanu, good Canadian kid. Uh, I say that as a big fan of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but oh my God, that accent was so bad. <laughs> His accent in that was so bad that it was absolutely and totally distracting from the film. So again, I don't need an actor to 100% nail an accent because what do I know about the accents anyway? As long as it is not so egregious and as long as you stay consistent with however you're doing the accent, you stay consistent with it, then I'm fine. I'm totally fine. But there is the odd one that comes along that kind of pulls you out of a movie, man. Just kind of pulls you out of the movie. All right, next up, we got Ron the Don who writes, Hey, John, and hopefully Rob's there too. Not here right now. Sorry, man. Uh, I'm a fan since the AMC days. Thank you so much for that, Ron. I appreciate that, dude. Are you familiar with the uh, Ruroni Kenshin movies? Not at all. Not in the least. I think the action is spectacular. The sword fights must be some of the finest. Definitely a must-see. Rob would love it for sure. I mean, hey, sword fights and action? What's not to love? Uh, but again, I'd be, I, I'd be, I, again, I could be trying to play cool, say, oh yeah, I know those movies. Honestly, I don't. I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with those movies, so I don't know at all uh, those ones. But it sounds good to me. So thank you, Ron, for putting that on my radar and for putting it on everybody's radar. Who's watching this right now? So thank you so much for that, dude. All right, next up, Chuck the Mystery writes. Hey, John, one of two, regarding actor contracts, because so many were negotiated before the pandemic, when studios had no reason to even consider day-and-date release uh, streaming and could comfortably guarantee theatrical release, those contracts would have also contained terms of the original theatrical window, correct? Eh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. So if an actor negotiated a portion of grosses in their contract pre-pandemic, could the new 45-day model become the subject of further lawsuits? Thanks. Possibly. But that would have to be somewhat explicit in the contract. As a matter of fact, that is also a point of concern in Scarlett Johansson's uh, lawsuit against Disney. It's like, not only did you put it day and date, but even the theatrical run you gave, you gave it a super short theatrical run. It's going to end up being 33 days, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah, it could. But look, here's the thing. It's going to be a very, very limited problem. Because as of a year and a half ago, studios are changing the way they're writing contracts. Studios and the agencies are now changing the way they write contracts. Because now they know they have to include language. As of a year and a half ago, they know they have to include language that gives them some more flexibility. So when studios are negotiating with the agents, both sides know now contracts have to look different today. 
So the agents are going to ask for other things to compensate. The studio is going to ask for flexibility in what certain terms mean now that they didn't used to mean before. So a year and a half ago, the writing of contracts changed. And the only contracts that are going to be affected now are the ones for contracts that got signed for movies before 2020. So going back to 2019 and earlier. So you really, this really isn't going to be an issue for much longer. Uh, pretty soon, most movies that were meant that that got made and everything are going to be out in theaters, and now and then the new movies you're seeing coming out were made since the beginning of 2020. So it's not going to last long. The contract writers, ha- the writing has to be different. But yes, it's already a point of interest for those existing contracts, and it's going to be interesting to see if more comes out. Listen, I'm telling you. Disney doesn't have a leg to stand on. They're going to have to settle with with Scarlett Johansson, and they will. This will never go to trial. I don't believe at all. Uh, This is going to be settled before it goes to trial, and Disney's going to write Scarlett Johansson a check. They're not going to write her a $50 million check like what she's asking for, but that's the compromise. When you settle, you come to a compromise. So they'll write her a check. They'll never make it public how much the check was for. And it'll be settled. And then once that happens, that'll set some precedents. And there might be a couple of other lawsuits. But again, if there are, it won't be for long because we're getting into a new uh, new era already. All right. Next up. And, and the time for one more. I, I, I said we, I told myself we'd only go 45 minutes. We've already go, gone way over that. So the last one for tonight, guys. Chuck the Mystery writes. Suicide Squad was everything I wanted it to be. I never thought I would say that Ratcatcher 2 was my favorite character, but she was. Also, seeing that fandom trailer for the Batman on the big screen before the film was extremely exciting. Yeah, I got to see, because obviously the, the, the Batman trailer, when it dropped, the theaters weren't open. Watching that trailer for the Batman on the big screen was an awesome experience. It was a really, really awesome experience. I absolutely loved watching it up there. That that was great. By the way, RJDS sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, RJ. Appreciate that, man. Um, that was a really pleasant surprise. It was great to see it up there. It, it's just a better experience watching it on the big screen, even just as a trailer. And I found myself getting totally hyped and totally excited for this new movie. And uh, it was a really, really good experience. All right, guys. With that down, that'll do it for me for tonight for this special live install. And our friend Miguel uh, Espada sends in a Super Chat badge as well. Thank you, Miguel, as we were closing things up here. Appreciate that, man. Uh, For our special live installment of the companion videos. Now, there are still more questions to come, but do not worry. We are going to get picked up on tomorrow's John Camby Show. We'll pick up right where we left off. I believe the next one up is uh, Flatulence Man. Flatulence Man is next. So we will start off with Flatulence Man tomorrow. And uh, that's where we will get started up. And by the way, Danny Sanchez also slips in a super chat badge at the last second there. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate that, man. Okay, guys, we will see you tomorrow. Of course, it's going to be me and Robert Meyer Burnett. Can't wait to see you on the John Campy Show tomorrow. My name is John Campy, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.